Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, coming to you with your next mental health moment. And today we will be discussing the ways we express our pain. So I am fairly certain that you at this point have seen a lot in the news that may be overwhelming to you currently with regard to the racial climate in our country. We have seen the murders of black men be televised and some of it has probably given you very strong emotional reactions. You are seeing people's reactions most notably uh, to that of Mr. Floyd who in Minneapolis was murdered on camera and we see an officer with his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck as he cries out for the officer to remove his knee so that he can breathe because he can't receive any air. And you may have even seen the video play out where you saw him take his last breath. It is impossible to see that and not experience some type of emotional reaction. And you also may have seen the responses to that in Minneapolis where you are seeing some people be understandably angry and frustrated and hurt and in their grief, reacting in ways in which they are protesting or they are bearing arms or they are setting things on fire, they are throwing rocks, they are engaging in other behaviors. And you may have some confusion about why people are responding in that way. So I wanna talk today to you about how we respond to things that hurt us and cause us significant pain to better help you understand why there is such a range of reactions. So it is very common after seeing a traumatic event um, and you'll hear the term racial battle fatigue in some of the literature as opposed to racial trauma to experience a variety of things, fear, anger, rage, hopelessness, helplessness. Um, people may use increased substances. Um, they may be more hypervigilant and, and have a increased fear response. There may be a lot of more checking behaviors and watching behaviors that you see people engage in. Um, there may be substance use that people partake in in order for them to be able to manage these symptoms. There may be depression, disappointment, nightmares, shock. Um, I think some people may even be numb at this point. And I wanna focus specifically on the PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder that can occur when we see images of people being murdered, when we um, feel that our life is in danger and how that affects our body. Um, so these nightmares can become very prominent where there are images as you go to bed of people trying to harm you or trying to hurt the people that you love. The nightmares may be graphic in terms of videos that you've seen or images that you've seen of people being hurt. You may have flashbacks or memories that are very intrusive and involuntary. So they're coming even though you're trying not to think about them. You may be limiting even what you see on the news and still find that you're experiencing these intrusive memories. Um, we wanna avoid things that cause us distress. We notice changes in our thoughts and moods. You may be aware that your thoughts may be more angry. You may be aware that 
things that you didn't think about before in terms of retaliation um, or vengeance may be on your mind. Uh, you may go from having more feelings of despair uh, to more feelings of rage. Um, there begin to be negative beliefs that one can experience about not only ourselves, but also the world around us um, and believe that there are more hateful people in this world and that we're not safe in this world. Um, we may be very much particularly blaming police officers for us not being safe. We may be blaming politicians for us not being safe. Um, we may be blaming the coverage in the news for not being accurate, for prosecutors not doing what we feel like is their responsibility to handle situations that occur and prevent them, more importantly, from happening. Um, we may just be horrified about the things that we have witnessed and, and engage in self-destructive behaviors or reckless behaviors. We may be monitoring the perimeter of our homes more. We may want to carry a weapon more frequently to places or mace or, or um, objects that we can use to protect ourselves. Um, we may be very uh, easily startled. So as people come up behind us or people as walk, walking near us, we may be very uncomfortable and jumpy and nervous about that. We may have a hard time concentrating and being able to focus. You may find that your mind is wandering back to images you may have seen of people's families grieving and desperation and pleas for justice to occur. Um, how that is showing up and what we're doing, you may see a lot of posts on social media regarding the racial tension going on, regarding the trauma that is going on, um, regarding their perspectives and views about how things are being handled. You may see that people are being unfriended or uh, there may be a lot of arguments that are occurring on these social media sites. People saying very uh, hurtful or um, sometimes statements that, that aren't based in factual information, but are more subjective, um, but being stated as if they are fact. Uh, you may see an increased behavior in checking on friends and family, letting people know that you love them, being more protective of friends and family, particularly having conversations with children about ways to be safe. You may see people wanting to stay in more and not even go out places. You may definitely see people being avoidant of police officers in particular. You may see people posting information about how you can contact less legislators, um, creating advocacy groups. You may see people um, gathering together to try to figure out some realistic, manageable solutions, rallying, occurring, debates, discussions, town halls. And you also may see some fighting and you may see some looting and you may see some fires and you may see some very angry people who may be attacking uh, police officers, attacking police stations, um, attacking cars, places that they may attribute to being the cause of this of this racial injustice that's incur occurring and also that may not be addressing things in the way that people believe they should be addressed. Um, so let's talk about that because I know a lot of people make statements such as why be destructive? How is that helping your cause? Or I don't understand why that would be an acceptable response or that's just an excuse for people to engage in behavior or why aren't we talking about black on black crime or why aren't we showing the images of officers white officers that kill white people or why aren't we showing images of black officers that kill black people right we begin to talk about other things that may not be related at all to why someone is experiencing their current pain and addressing the current situations that are going on so here's how i would encourage you to think about and perceive things possibly a little different.
it allows us to be more empathetic when we are able to see ourselves in a situation, when we are able to connect with someone else's pain. So think about how you would feel if you saw your loved one on national TV, on social media, murdered right in front of you. You see them take their last breath. You see them plead for their life. You see them afraid. You connect with their pain and wonder what thoughts they might have been having, knowing that they were going to die. And you just see people standing around, not doing anything to help your loved one. Think about if that is your baby, your infant. Think about if that's your daughter, your son. Think about if that's your grandmother being placed face down on concrete and handcuffed. Think about if that's your husband or your wife who you watch being strangled or choked or beat right in front of you. Think about what it's like to lose someone and know that they were by themselves during this loss without the people around them that loved and cared about them and knowing that there's nothing, nothing you can do about that situation or bring them back. Think about the powerlessness. Think about the rage. Think about even if you have a loved one in the hospital or a nursing home and you find out that they died due to negligence, that something could have been done to prevent their death and it wasn't. How would you feel? Would you be as patient? Would you be as kind? Would you be as forgiving? I know that a lot of us like to think that we're able to think about it from another person's perspective, think about it from the doctor's perspective, think about it from the, the officer's perspective. Maybe there were some other things going on we don't know. That's a way that we dismiss the real emotion of the loss of this person's life. And the reality is when someone loses their life and we feel like it was an unjustified loss, that it did not have to occur, that it occurred due to negligence, that occurred due to hate. What if you found out that your loved one wasn't treated in the hospital simply because of their religious affiliation? Oh, this is a Baptist hospital. You're Methodist. We're not going to treat you here. Think about that. That they didn't get the quality care that they needed simply because of how they might identify, simply because of things they cannot change simply because of who they are as a person, the color of their skin, whatever some of those identifying factors could be, that they simply were neglected and killed because of that. Think about if that was that dog you love, who is a member of your family, and someone walked up to your dog and shot your dog right in front of you. Think about that. Think about if someone choked your dog right in front of your face. Think about those people that leave their animals in cars and it's hot and they die. Think about that, right? We have to connect with the pain that people are experiencing. What is it like to be the person who knows they are going to die? What is that pain like for that person? What must flash through their minds? That's the place of empathy that we want people to be able to understand. Don't dismiss a person's pain simply because you cannot connect with what they're going through. Try. Try to connect with what they're going through. Allow yourself to feel 
whatever those a range of emotions might be. And allow yourself to think about how would I want things to be handled if that were my loved one? If that were my son who I just saw murdered on national TV and the video will be circulating throughout time, how would I want that situation to be handled? So here are some other ways that we can respond instead of with judgment or with criticism or with making comparisons to other people's situations or making comparisons to other issues that aren't related to the one that we're addressing. One, we wanna validate that people are able to respond in their grief and their pain and their trauma in the way that they respond. We are not judging how people respond. We are not saying that one response is better than another. We are simply understanding that you are responding out of pain and pain affects people in a lot of different ways. Another thing that would be helpful to do is think about this family that won't have this loved one there and the images that they have to live with for the rest of their life. Imagine they have to hear and won't be able to get out of their heads, their loved one taking their last breath, pleading for their life, pleading for their life. Think about that family and how difficult things are going to be for them for the remainder of their days. You can support foundations, you can support movements, you can get on boards, you can work for legislative change. You can have tough conversations. You can sit and listen to someone talk about their experience with racial trauma. You don't have to fix their issues and their struggles and their racial battle fatigue. Simply listen to them so that you can better understand and talk to your kids about how to be healthier, more thoughtful and respectful beings. These are the things that all of us can do. You all are mandated reporters. It's not just clinical providers. It's not just officers. Like all of us are mandated reporters. When we see someone in pain being hurt, then we need to make a phone call. Yes, you can call the police on the police. Identify yourself. I'm a concerned person. I'm seeing something that, that uh, appears to be excessive and I'm seeing someone being injured and hurt. I have some concerns and would like for someone else to come on scene, right? Everyone has someone that supervises them. So we can make those phone calls. We need to decide who we are going to be on the side of justice. All of us has a role to play. You may do a podcast, a video, you may provide education, you may provide uh, racial, racially sensitive training to, to officers, to school boards, um, to, to city officials, you may present research that shows the damaging effects of trauma. You may require that any officer or any service person in that matter who has a history of violence against racial and ethnic groups no longer is able to serve. You can advocate for consequences to be swift and to be significant. You have to figure out whatever your balance is going to be with how much you take in because I'm very aware that I don't want to trigger people's PTSD. There may be some, some videos that you don't need to see, your children don't need to see, but you can still talk about what was addressed in the videos, even if you don't look at the video. So you have to find your balance with that. But what I don't want people to do is avoid and, and let this be another discussion that doesn't go anywhere. Everyone needs to have an action plan for how we're going to address this. How are we going to manage this? How are we going to create 
more situations in which less people will have to see their loved one being murdered. Okay, so one, I want you to take away from this video that racial trauma does exist. Racial battle fatigue, people are tired. They are scared, they are angry, they are frustrated, they are powerless, they are hopeless, they are fearful, um, but they are also very empowered to make some changes. And they're able to express whatever emotions they have around their fear, around their anxiety, around their trauma, around their grieving in the way that works for them. Two, we all need to be addressing these issues. So we're gonna figure out the ways that we're going to advocate, how our children are gonna advocate, how our places of business are going to advocate. Three, we are all mandated reporters. So when we see something happening, we need to let someone know we need to intervene. And four, we are always stronger together. Be encouraged.